This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. We've all been there. The Cheesecake Factory server hands you the wine menu and panic ensues. What's the difference between Syrah and Shiraz? Is a Cab Franc just a Cabernet that went to grad school? Which Chardonnay is the butteriest and doesn't even matter because is wine just a huge scam? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we are joined by a very special guest. This very so sp- special. <laughs> this very special guest once played a game with me called Fart Machine, where when I was seven years old, he would make me lay on the ground and go, Fart Machine, Fart Machine, as he and his friends kicked me. <laughs> That is because today's special guest is my brother, John, who is also a wine expert. And John, I'm hoping you can speak to one, why the game Fart Machine existed, <laughs> what is wrong with you, and also what your wine qualifications are. Oh my God. Well, I think now I, I drink uh, to suppress the memories of, of that game. Uh, my wine qualifications, they're, they're kind of spread out. Uh, wine's been a big part of my life for, for maybe seven years. Uh, I, I buy too much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some days I drink too much of it. Sure. Um, so I uh, I have a, a WSET or WESET, depending on what country you're in, uh, Wine and Spirits Education Trust Level 3 certification. Level 3? Wow. Level 3. That's a lot of levels. Yeah. Boop, 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 yeah. boop. Josh is uh, a diamond in uh, Rocket League. Yeah, I'm, di- I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm diamond 2 level 3 in Rocket League, yeah. so it's pretty close to your uh-huh. wine level. Oh, I, I was uh, also for about three whole weeks an assistant sommelier at a fine dining restaurant. <laughs> that, that didn't go so well. Uh, oh, I've, I've made some wine. I've picked some grapes. I've sold some wine. I sold some more wine. Uh, I was a marketing consultant briefly for, for some direct consumer wine sales. And then for about a year and a half, I was a management accountant for wine. <laughs> That's a pretty extensive resume here. But I, we could have, not to flex on you, John, I don't mean this. You are a very special guest. Uh, but I mean, we could have 
gotten out there, gotten some sort of, you know, name in the wine industry. But the reason I wanted to have you on here, one, you are one of the smartest people I know and you do have the qualifications. But two, you are the person that I talk to the most about wine being a scam because I drink the most wine with you. And again, no matter how this conversation goes, I am incredibly grateful for all the nice, fancy wines that you have given me. I don't want to cut off the flow of that. So know that I am very grateful. Um, but, you know, I've always kind of thought in my heart of hearts that wine is a huge scam and it doesn't make sense and the wool is being pulled over people's eyes. It's very easy to do that when the scam product gets you drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to hear your opinions as an expert on that. Yeah, my opinion is that the flow will probably stop if you offend me today. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think my answer is, yeah, wine's a scam, but I like it. So are you willing to get duped? Uh, You're just down to... Yeah, I just hope I get sense. duped for twenty bucks, not a hundred bucks, on a bottle uh-huh. of wine if if it happens, you know. But you yeah. gotta you gotta have some losses to to get some wins, I guess. And do you ultimately think so? Wine being a scam, however, if you get enough like pleasure out of those wins that you're talking about, you think it's a scam that ultimately is worth it. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying, and and it, it's tough, you know. Naturally, I want to go and say, you know, uh, fish is a scam, right? Oh, All yeah. this stuff is a scam, and you can get really into the nitty gritty of wine mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, different countries are going to have different rules, but, you know, is it a scam that your, you know, Napa Valley Chardonnay can have 24.9% fruit from Fresno in it from a different vintage and, you know, it still costs you $84 or something? You know, it's, is that the scam? I mean, that's just written down and people can access that information. Can I just say that Do I think Fresno... Do you read Fresno- wine bottles? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I only read wine bottles, number one, if they look pretty. Number two, if I want to know the tasting notes. But do tasting notes? Okay, honestly, is like the world going to collapse if I have like shrimp scampi with a glass of red wine? Like, probably. No, like, no, probably. Like, <laughs> Not at all. And like, you know, food and wine pairings are, mm-hmm. that's arguably a big scam too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, how many sips of wine are you actually going to have with your scampi? I mean, how many shrimps are in there? Yeah. You know, you're probably going to have three or four sips and maybe you're going to have something else on the table that, that does go with red wine. But also, do you like red wine? You know, drink yeah. the red wine. Do you like it cold? Drink it cold. You know, do well, what makes you happy. But what about those like wine hardos that are like it needs to be at this temperature, you need to store it this way and like all all of those details. Yeah. Is that a scam? <laughs> John. Uh, a little You're a bit. Scam artist, John. <laughs> no, I'm being serious because I I don't think yeah. I I maybe I'm just like my palate isn't refined enough, but like if I have a $10 wine from Trader Joe's or if I have like a $45 wine from God knows where. Am I going like does it really matter? Does it matter? No, it's not life or death. It doesn't okay. it doesn't really matter. But I mean there there's certain things that you know, like food storage, right? Like you mm-hmm. avoid spoilage at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. You know, if you store your red wine in the trunk of your car, like I think my brother has. <laughs> I have two uh, bottles dude, of Prosecco in my car yo, right now. I've stored raw chicken and yogurt in the trunk of my car. Red wine is the least of your worries. You just because uh, I'll go shopping and I'll keep the stuff here and then I'll go to the gym after work yeah. for like two hours. I'm not home for another two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That chicken and yogurt's been sweating in my trunk. Chicken but yogurt. that said, I, I have definitely lost bottles of wine too. Is it just overheating or like? Yeah, it, it speeds up the aging process. It, it, it literally cooks it, mm-hmm. right? So you, yeah. are, you are kind of destroying the product at that point or you're just kind of, you know, aging it. Maybe you like it better mm-hmm. that way, but, you know, the cork can dry out if you don't store it on its side for long <laughs> enough and, and then oxygen gets in. But I mean- Beyond that, like, no, you don't need a, a cellar temp, you know, Pinot Noir if you like it, you know, pretty hot or ice cold. Ice cold. 
I got a, I got a couple. So I haven't spoken in eight seconds. I have a couple things to say. So <laughs> one, speaking to the scam nature of wine, I have definitely had bottles that have either been corked or tainted by the heat. But I at least have enough of a palate to know when a wine's tainted, right? When it's not right. When you sm- when it smells like pure paint thinner, is that a good like uh, reasoning? To not drink it? Well, no. I mean, if it smells like paint thinner to me, that's kind I don't of think like you should drink it. and tastes super just kind of acrid right on the palate. Yeah. Like, to me, that signifies that the wine's like, something's gone wrong here. I've served you a wine like that, uh, and I think maybe you still kind of liked it. Maybe you were just humoring me. But it, it depends, man. There's there's a lot of people that will immediately turn their noses up to that. You mm-hmm. know, wine judges would be like, faulty, doesn't even get a score, something like that. But, you know, you get some wines out of, what, northeastern Italy. I got to think of, like, directions in my head <laughs> near near the Slovenian border. And, like, they're aged oxidatively on skins for so long, and it's like... You know, it's it's its own thing. You know, if they do it intentionally, then maybe that's where the line is that it's you can drink that and enjoy it. But if you don't enjoy it, then don't drink it. That's what makes this such an incredible scam. It reminds like the way that he's talking to us, I feel like is the way that we normally talk to the audience on the podcast. I guess. When someone's like, obviously, Intent. an uncrustable is not a ravioli. And they're like, well, if you really look to the Emilia-Romagna region, you'll see that several of the ravioli doughs, or is there, there they call it uh, pasta de agnello tweeti. And there they'll add somewhat of a sodium bicarbonate. You know what I mean? If you can sure. scramble people's brains to be like, well, actually, that paint thinner taste that makes you want to vomit is just the oxidative quality of the Slovenian aging method. <laughs> You know, well, okay, so where I was going with that was I've definitely had bottles that, at least to me, I taste them, were like, this tastes like butthole, this is tainted. (laughs) However, I was, like, cooking for some friends, and I know they don't know enough about wine, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, screw it, this is all I have, I'm not going to run to the BevMo, I'm going to pour it. And then, you know, I drink it and go, man, that's some good wine! And they go, oh, yeah, this wine is good. And I'm like, whew, power of suggestion. You know, people want to be included into some sort of a club. And to me, that is the root of a lot of wine, right? You want to be seen as a certain type of person. You want to be seen as cultured, as erudite, as important as someone having good taste. And that is what gets a lot of people to either create some sort of identity around wine to then, you know, be able to drink some paint thinner and say that, you know, wow, this is delicious and I'm cultured because of it. Yeah. And that's, and that's what separates, you know, maybe wine being a scam from things like, fish or, you know, maybe art's the closest thing, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know, fine dining or, or $9 loaves of sourdough bread that I also enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like it, it's, that, too, it's, like it's, it's <laughs> that there's not bread and fish tourism per se. There's not fish yeah. tasting rooms. There's not all this stuff. You don't buy fish and store it just to never drink it and maybe sell it online mm-hmm. at a later date or sell a, a seller at auction. So yeah, wine is, is, is definitely a unique scam in that sense, you know, in that it's both a, a, you know, on one hand, it's a grocery item. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's, it's like a piece of fine art. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, like a piece of fine art, you can get a, uh, a postcard of the Mona Lisa for $2 or you can, you know, um, buy the real thing for I assume you probably just can't buy it I don't think you, I think you, you heist it it's, you get heist it you Thomas yeah. Crown affair it you uh, like Captain Zeta Jones do the little entrapment thing to steal oh, yeah, it that was a great scene I love that <laughs> but scene but I'm saying there's such incredible levels to something like fine art or wine where wine there are bottles that I assume cost hundreds of thousands of dollars Right, one of the ones that they dug up from like the Titanic, you know, that did or didn't belong to Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, there was a big, uh, maybe still ongoing lawsuit from one of the is it Coke Coach brothers? You know, the big political oh, yeah. donors. Mm-hmm. He he. One of them had. Um, I don't know the difference between them. One <laughs> of them had had bought uh, one or a few bottles that allegedly belonged to Thomas Jefferson, and there's all these 
provenance things and the sellers don't remember who they bought it from and when. But yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's probably a scam. Wait, do you drink it? Do you drink the 300-year-old wine? That's the thing. You never drink it. So. You can't. You can't test it. There's, there's not like, oh, we have this verified 300-year-old bottle of wine or however many years it's been. You what happened if you did drink it? Probably get a little drunk. Yeah, but like, would you get like super drunk, like 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 a toad venom situation? <laughs> to- what toad venom? Yeah, you know, you take the toad venom, you go yeah, to Coachella, you lick the toad, you lick the toad. You've never heard that? No. That was like a thing. I'm a sheltered Persian okay, girl. When, when we grew up, I assume we all took the same California curriculum of drug education classes, where we were led to believe that a lot of people would come up to us and say, "I have barbiturates. Do you want a barbiturate?" <laughs> I go, "No, thank you." They taught us about toad venom. They were like, "If anyone tells you to lick a toad." Don't do it because that's got a hallucinogen in it. And then you're going to become a Democrat. (laughs) Yeah. That welcome to Orange County Public School Education. I never heard of licking the toad. Um, The only thing that reminds me of is Futurama, how like there's a toad on the TV. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's probably referential to it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, back to back to Thomas Jefferson wine and wine in general being a scam. Um, You mentioned, you know, drink what makes you happy, drink what tastes good. And that seems to be like. The dominant discourse, right? Where now people are saying like wine is something meant to be enjoyed. You don't need to spend a hundred plus dollars on it, whatever. But ultimately, right, this is commerce. They're trying to get you to buy things, you know, and is that, do you think that the change in tone between like wine is an elite thing versus wine is a populist thing is just trying to get people to buy more wine? Because it seems like it's working. It, it might be. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's trying to get, you know, market share from non-wine drinkers or trying mm-hmm. to get wine drinkers to try different things. So that's – I don't know if it's the industry trying to cannibalize itself or not. I mean, you know, I guess one of my, my other wine things that I did, the the direct-to-consumer wine sales, really the, the biggest piece of value in, in research that I came across from somebody else was that there's high involvement and, and low involvement, you know, wine drinkers. Now, they're all wine drinkers, right? They're all involved, but – it kind of put them into two groups of people mm-hmm. who always drink the same thing and then people who, you know, for whom there's never enough. There's always, you know, you need to try something else, something else, something mm-hmm. else. And it's naturally people want to market towards the the people that are high involvement, but it's the low involvement ones, right? That'll be loyal to your brand and, and never leave you. Interesting. Because when we when we think about like wine drinkers, we, we tend to think about wine snobs. We, we like turn them into a caricature, right? <laughs> did, did either of y'all watch Frasier? No, I never no. watched Frasier. You never watched Frasier? No. Th- there is this, like, I mean, Frasier, obviously, it's like a mid-90s classic. Shout out to Andrew Ray from Binging with Babish because that dude has the Seattle skyline from Frasier <laughs> tattooed on his own body. Um, but there is this caricature of a food critic. And he is like, it, it shows what people thought of food and wine people in the 90s, right? And he's like very flamboyant. He's always dressed in a bow tie. Mm-hmm. And he speaks with a very a very posh mid-Atlantic accent. Oh, you must try the Chardonnay and the oysters over at L'Occitane or whatever. And that's like how he talks. Uh, but I feel like, you know, that is is sort of going out of style and people now when you think of a wine drinker it's probably you know your average it's a hipster with orange wine well no I was going to say the opposite like because <laughs> I think the no hipster way. with an orange wine phenomenon which we can talk about that next um, is is very like kind of small compared to the 34 year old trying to take the edge off with a bottle of Chardonnay interesting right is that is that who's like really driving the wine because the, the top wine buyer in the world is Costco right right so Costco is wow. the most important commercial player in the wine industry uh, and I, I never buy wine there. I buy big screen TVs and then I return them at the end of the year to get all my money back and mm-hmm. rotisserie chickens. That's what I do. Uh, Kirkland, Kirkland, uh, Kirkland vodka. Yeah, same, Kirk, yeah. same mm-hmm. as Grey Goose. <laughs> it, That's literally Grey Goose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, is that who's like driving the industry? Is it, is it just the person buying a bottle of Chardonnay to you know stop their kids from screaming? They're not feeding their kids wine to be no, clear. No, that was no, a no. weird thing to say. 
Yeah, I don't know those stats, but I mean, you know, having worked for a company that that made, you know, bottom shelf, mid shelf, and top shelf, it was the bottom shelf that was driving all of the financial decisions. Mm. It wasn't driving the the you know the greater brand image and what a lot of us you know thought we were working for. But that's that's what people were buying. You know, so I don't mm. actually know if Costco is the biggest wine buyer in in the world. They they might be up there. I mean. I remember in Australia, the first or second biggest was Qantas Airlines. Oh, And we always kind of had to keep nice. that in mind, like think about how how often they're flying and how much wine they're serving and selling people wine based off of, you know, airline mile points. But yeah, I, I really have to think that, you know, that is what's actually driving the industry, not not this small little, you know, world that I live in that, that gets a little bit insular where you mm-hmm. forget what people actually buy and drink when they're not, you know, out eating oysters at L'Occitane. <laughs> What is L'Occitane? Don't they it's sell like It's a soap store. It's a soap store. And I was going to tell you, hey, man, that's a soap store that smells like lavender. But I didn't want to like, you know, screw with your group. You know what's you funny really is I, I've just, I've like seen that soap store in some fancy Westview malls or Westfield malls. Yes. And I'm like, I want to go drink wine and all that soap. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him. You have no idea. Uh, While you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino because I'm going to be seeing some 41 (laughs) skate punk is back, and it's not pop punk, it is skate punk, but also they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant. Nicole, you're not ready for this one. (gasps) Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Speaking of bottom shelf wine. Um, I know what you're going to say. Well, I don't know if you do, because I feel like you're a two-buck Chuck gal. I was just about to say I love two-buck Chuck. I've never been a two-buck Chuck uh, gal, gal because uh, to me it's not a communal enough experience. I get the big old jug of Carla Rossi sweet red. (laughs) Oh, I see. And then I mix vodka and fruit juice with it, and then I call it sangria. Uh, But, I mean, if you were, like, you with the palate that you have, with the wine industry knowledge that you have, like, could you just sit down and drink some Charles Shaw Merlot? For people who don't know what Two Buck Chuck is, uh, Charles Shaw is the brand. I'm sure, mm-hmm. John, you know way more about it than I do. Probably not. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but they are, uh, they're sold at primarily Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They used to be $1.99 per bottle, giving it the name Two Buck Chuck, and then they raised the price to $2.49, then $2.99, and then like Costco Inflation. rotisserie chickens, they, they just, people rioted, and they had to drop the price down to $1.99. Like, one, is that stuff just tastes like poison to you? And is that also, like, ruining the environment? If I can take a half a step back, as somebody who was previously a management accountant for a big wine company, I don't know how the heck they do it. Just knowing what corks cost, what glass costs, what transportation costs, what labels cost, not to mention whatever goes into it and their overheads. A bottle of water costs $2 from a gas station. Exactly. I really don't know how they do it. Is it bad for the environment? I don't know. They use really, really lightweight glass. Mm -hmm. I don't know about their farming practices. I assume they're probably not the most friendly. Uh, But at, at least, you know... You know, they, they cut down on, on a lot of their, like, transport costs by, I'm sure, reducing the glass weight. That's a big part of, like, wastage in the wine industry. Could I enjoy it? No, I'd probably, like, mix it with a Diet Coke and enjoy that. Oh, that is nice. Oh, um, don't they do that in, Cali, like, Spain? Calimocho. They do yeah. that in Spain? Argentina, yeah. too. Argentina, and, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Spain, maybe more so, like, red wine and squirt, like a grapefruit soda. 
Maybe Ugh, both? I that sounds delightful. Im- really? No, I can't imagine well, that. Well, I'm a huge, one of my favorite drinks in the world is the uh, Fernet Coca from, from Argentina. You're supposed Never to cut, you cut a Coke bottle in half. And then you just fill it with ice for net and Coca-Cola. What do you mean you cut it? You like you cut a bottle? Yeah, yeah, you cut the bottle. Like you're basically supposed to drink it out of the cut open bottle. That's how they do it. Well, We're talking cut- about a plastic bottle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're All not right. like using like a miter <laughs> like saw a, or something, like a, to, like a plasma cutter, or like a little bottle. How thirsty are you? I'm how much? To how much that adult Jaeger can you suck down? Wait, okay. And then use like a like a bread knife to cut it. I'm yeah, just trying to I visualize guess. it right now. A scissors. Someone criticized <gasps> me from Argentina for not drinking it out of a cut-up Coke bottle. Yeah, okay, um, okay, I get it. it makes right, sense. But anyway, so so down to the actual idea of wine tasting notes. So I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up, including myself. I think I have a pretty solid palate, but like I will taste wine, and I'm I'm always just like ah, melon skin, grapefruit, rubber hose. <laughs> Mom used to beat me with rub hose. Um, but, but, like, I mean, how real are those? Because, I mean, I've watched the documentary Psalm about the master sommelier test. And it me is, too. It looks I incredibly. Saw it in school. Oh, really? Yeah. You watched it for, like, culinary We school? had, like, a wine portion at school. Interesting. And I was like, yeah, I was so into it. And then I was like, no, nah, I don't really care anymore. It's, it's, impre- it's freaking impressive to watch, at least on the surface, not knowing much, you know, yeah. else about it. I mean, they will take a bottle of wine, and they have, like, six tasting notes that they have to hit, and they're blind tasting this wine, and they have to get them exactly on the nose. So but, I mean, difficult. is that, like, a standardized testing where it, like, tests more your ability to take a test as opposed to actually knowledge? Yeah, yeah. It, it's It's deduction blind mm-hmm. tasting they have mm-hmm. a grid they go through and you know you're not tasting out of like a, a black glass you, you can see it right mm-hmm. so automatically you can deduce like what's the color concentration right is this deep red is it a Syrah Cabernet Merlot or is it a light red like maybe a Pinot Noir a Nebbiolo a Grenache something like that so right away visually you can you can kind of narrow it down a lot um, but actually so I, I listened to the the Psalm TV podcast mm-hmm. and I was listening to one yesterday and it was it was about BS in the wine industry and he was telling a story and he's like, this might be weird coming from me as the guy who is the reason that people say fresh cut garden hose. Oh, that's funny. And, and new mm-hmm. new tennis ball. I'm like, oh, new tennis ball. That's Australian Riesling. That's that's legit. I know that. But um, <laughs> That's wild. But he me. was telling this story about, you know, they, they kept calling all of these. I think he said Burgundy. Maybe it was Northern Rhone. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept saying this is, oh, crushed violets, fresh violets, dried violets. So he goes to a, to a nursery and he tries to buy these violets. And he's telling the person there, like, oh, I need, you know, to know what these smell like. Mm-hmm. And and she, you know, gave him this weird look and brought him violets and said, what do these smell like? And he said, they're, they're odorless. She's like, that's correct. Violets, violets are odorless? Yeah. And so I started thinking, like, oh, crap, I've I've done that before. Like, I've, I've smelled a Syrah. I'm like, oh, purple flowers, violets, whatever. Yeah. Well, the flower itself is odorless, but you can extract an oil that has a scent. No, because I've tried, like, I love perfume the way that you love. Nicole, like, what if I told you perfume is also a scam? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. I, I'm a perfume collector. Our podcast is scam. <laughs> like I smelled, I smelled perfumes that are that are violet heavy. So when you say that, I'm like, are you sure? Because like my soul is being crushed right now because I have violet perfumes. And I'm like, no. I think I know what violet smells like, but like, who knows? Because yeah. the actual flower is odorless. And I, and I guess maybe my takeaway is like I propagated that because I heard somebody else say it, mm-hmm. and then somehow yeah. it embedded itself. And I'm like, Syrah, purple flowers, violet's a purple flower. Right. Um, but a lot of these tasting notes, they get they get so far out there. Right. And they kind of like lose their connection. Yeah. Um, but there's there's certain things that like, you know, on on deduction. Right. It doesn't have to be tasting notes, but you can kind of categorize, you know, 
red fruits taste different than black fruits, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Cherries and raspberries are different than, you know, blueberries and, and blackberries and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, there's citrus fruits taste different from orchard fruits, from tropical fruits. Mm-hmm. And so kind of you try to put it in in those sort of boxes. But then, you know, viscosity is a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, body is a real thing in wine. You know, is it, you know, uh, water-like? Is it skim milk-like? Is it, you know whole milk-like as far as its viscosity. So so certain things are legit, but then you really get way, way, way out there as far as some tasting notes. Like like fresh-cut garden hose. Like maybe that just means kind of plasticky, which some some Rieslings, like they definitely smell like. You know, science-wise, Syrah smells like black pepper because of rotundin. Mm -hmm. Um, Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc and some other ones in that family – They'll smell like green bell pepper or jalapeno because of methoxypyrazines. Like it's the same Sounds flavor. Sexy. Rad. Right? <laughs> this is awesome. I'm learning to- so much. I told you I'm a good fake wine expert. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's there certain things, you know, like that chemically that, that do carry through. But then, you know, a lot of it is kind of, you know, up to the artist, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's a good point about wine is that it's so much about storytelling. Yeah. Right? Like if you sure. were to get one of these bottles that smells like fresh cut garden hose or whatever, and uh-huh. in a vacuum, if you just smelled it, and you're like, mm, it smells like a Ziploc bag. <laughs> you know, fresh cut garden hose, that inspires open can of tennis balls. Uh, it inspires a certain emotion that people may have a connection to, right? Literally, the, the idea of fresh cut garden hose to me, and this is maybe looking way too deep, along with open can of tennis balls implies to me that one, you have a yard. Which means that you're probably well off, right? Yeah. So these I are references that literally rich people can understand. I never had a yard. I never had a yard. I never, I've never smelled fresh cut garden hoses. Because one, do you, do you have to cut garden hoses? I guess. I don't know about lawn maintenance because I live in a damn city and I don't have a ton of money. Yeah. Like I know like when you open the can of like the tennis balls, like it does. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, but like I can imagine that smell only because like I've been to tennis court yeah. before. Like who, who goes but to tennis courts? Like, these are rich people. These are literally <laughs> storytelling devices to get rich people to spend the money mm-hmm. by inspiring a certain emotion. And, like, it's this similar thing with the fine art world, right? You know the the quickest way to up the value of a painting? Murder the artist. (laughs) Then you get a story. That's it, truly. An artist dies a horrific death, Uh. and suddenly their work (laughs) is worth so much more. It's because it's all about storytelling and marketing and PR, uh, which is why I am inclined to call it a scam. However, we work in a scam industry. How much money have you spent on fine dining? A stupid amount. A stupid amount. So much of that stuff they're just lying to you about. But they're not. Th- th- that fish is not wild line caught off the Barbary coast. No, they're <laughs> lying. Let's, let, Belcampo, you followed the Belcampo of scandal? Of course, and I was heartbroken you know the because scandal? it was yeah, my yeah. favorite burger. This is, and I I, <laughs> I, love Belcampo. Every meat I've gotten yeah. there is delicious. Me too, me too. And I was scammed. What they were doing is they were taking uh, meats from Rocker Brothers. Shout out to Burbank. And Rocker Brothers makes, you know, a fine meat product. Mm-hmm. But they were taking these commodity meats that are being sold to mid-market restaurants. Yeah. And they were literally just cutting open the packages of meats from industrial farms and then putting them, cleaning them up, putting them in their case Shoot. and lying and being like, these are grass-fed you know, a cow, his name was Henry. He lived on the Belizean coast. Oh. He had a wife and children and a 401k. And then they upmarked it for like double. Yeah. I ate that steak and went, mm, mm, you can so taste good. the grass. <laughs> so, so much of this crap is, you know, uh, a scam. But sure. if you're putting money into something that increases your joy, right? That's the relationship we're all looking for. You pay money, the good chemical goes off in your brain. That's the relationship. John gets the good chemical from the wine. Yeah. But like some, some of that can be dissonance reducing behavior, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if it's, if it doesn't live up to your expectations, you're like, I spent a hundred bucks on this, whether it's a, a steak or, or a bottle of wine, like, sure. like I better like it. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah. You, you find ways yeah. to try to release those good chemicals in, 
in your brain to reduce that dissonance. Yeah. Do you think that's just like uh, going <laughs> to screw up your like long term relationship with wine in your palate? Do you see yourself being disillusioned at all? Oh, I mean, added to the list of long-term relationships I've, I've screwed up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, we, we actually, just before recording this, we, we were talking about, you know, tattoos, right? And, mm-hmm. and I said, um, you know, what if I got a, a, a wine tattoo and then three years from now, like, I didn't have the same level of care or involvement with wine and, and that's why I don't have any tattoos. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going to happen in, in three years. Yeah, that's fair. Me uh, either. <laughs> people, they often ask me about my spork tattoo, and I used to have a whole story and a spiel. Mm-hmm. And someone was it asked genuine. Me, yeah, it was. It was. Oh. And it, it was about you know uh, having both both sides. Again, I've just forgotten. It's something about yin and yang. But then I realized that I shouldn't oh, be I saying see. that as a white guy. It's and, like a universal like tool. I think it's about a fork and a spoon. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, you need to have both the fork and the spoon. It's important to have both the high and the low. And, you know, I was oh. working at a place at this time, and then it meant so much. And I just forgot. I just like forgot what I used to say. And so now people ask me, and I'm just like, they give it to you with the Taco Bell potatoes. <laughs> and this is pork. And I know why I actually got it. It's because, you know, I wanted to make myself seem deliberately interesting to try and scam people into giving me cool jobs like hosting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like we literally we this is the best investment, best scam investment ever because people thought Josh it was is so interesting. To his, to his tattoo right now, guys. <laughs> people thought the Spork tattoo was so interesting that we launched an entire spin-off brand from a, a legacy That's media brand true. with the Spork as the logo. That's this is a scam. True. We're all scammers well, in our own life way. Is a scam because you're just fooling people to believe in you. What's not a scam? Name um, one thing. Uh, Rice a Roni. Sh- shirts. That's just a good product. Shirts. Rice. Uh, uh, shirts are a huge scam. Shirts? I bought a shirt that was ninety four percent. Glasses. Glasses. Uh, glasses are glasses are actually, actually like a, a really scam. huge scam. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah, like, it looks Autoco owns everything. Glasses. Yeah. Yeah. There's like one glasses company. Okay, wait. Con- contacts. Uh, um, we need to talk about. My thought of the uh, the hipster orange wine person. Why is that the archetype for a wine snob nowadays? I think it's 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 confirmation bias, partly from like the world you you operate in. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. orange wine? <laughs> <laughs> I know this one. Can I say it? Please. Okay, so it's white wine, and then you put the skins in it, and then it hangs out with the skins, and then you take it out, and then it's like funky. Can we get a judgment from John? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean. Woo! I mean, I take issue. I, I take issue with with the funky thing. Um, really, because every single orange wine I've had has like a designated funk. <laughs> it can. I mean, so basically, it's a white wine made like a red. So all all like the inside of nearly every grape is is white flesh mm-hmm. and white juice. Red wine gets its color from sitting on the skin. So if mm-hmm. you do that with white, depending on how ripe the grape is, the skins can be anywhere from green to yellow to gold to brown to pink, mm-hmm. and it makes you know you call it an amber or an orange wine. But, you know, you wouldn't describe a red wine made the same way as funky, but sometimes people try to, you know, fit it into, you know, the natural or natty wine category. And I, I and, think that's what I'm doing. I think I'm yeah. equating orange wine with natural wine. I have a wine. question. What's natural wine? <laughs> I mean, honestly, because yeah. I, I couldn't tell you a definition. It, it's it's tough and, and nobody can. Um, yeah, I, oh, great. It's definitely not a scam. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, 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 that's every, every clickbait article in wine right now is w- what is natural wine. Um, I think a lot of people agree on it has to be at least organic or maybe biodynamic. Farming mm-hmm. biodynamics kind of witchcraft, but I think it works. because What is biodynamic? You put goats near the grapes so the goats poop into the grape soil and you, then you it bury, the soil. Yeah, you bury a horn filled with poop and then, <laughs> and then the grapes go thing. to Montessori school. <laughs> um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're all based off uh, Rudolph, Randolph, Rudolph Steiner's. Uh, teachings. Anyway, it follows a lunar calendar. Okay. Wait, does it actually? Yeah, it does. It Jeez. does. Wow. Yeah, and your wine can taste different on flower days versus fruit days versus root days. And 
I, I don't I don't know. Anyway, it's witchcraft, but it kind of makes some some good wine because people pay attention to their vineyards. Mm-hmm. But natural wine, you know, it starts there. You're supposed to be pretty hands off. Um, it, it it's it's man, I don't know. It's it's too much natty <laughs> natty wine, right? If and and this it is, is like the natty light, the <laughs> natty light variety of wine. Exactly. No. No. Uh, so so natty wine is kind of maybe more a style, right? Mm-hmm. Where okay. natural wine is kind of like the big umbrella, right? There's there's winemakers that work in a natural fashion that would never want to be called natty or natural, but then there's also people kind of like shoehorning stuff in that's not. You know, biodynamic or or organic or sulfur free or anything, mm-hmm. and just making it in a natty style because people like to drink it, right? It's maybe sure. a little intentionally oxidative or or unfiltered Sedimenty. or unracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And by the way, wine wine clarifies itself. You just let it sit, and the sediment will fall to the bottom, and you rack it off the top. So cool. you know, I mean, it's an intentional thing to leave it like that, and it ages differently in the bottle when it's in contact with its with its solids and its sediment. So you know, it's kind of whatever you like, but. Why is that the archetype of of hipster right now? Um, I don't know. Molly Boz. <laughs> She's drinking orange wines out there. She's a tastemaker, and I want to go drink them. Every hipster I've ever hung out with. Do you guys have natural orange wine? Yeah, Every yeah, single yeah. time, I'm just like, I just will drink whatever's in Made front of me. Made with real oranges. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just drink whatever's in front of me. Like, I've never been, like, picky with my wine yeah. choices, except when people ask me my favorite white wine, I never say, like, like a uh, Riesling or anything, I say Chenin Blanc. I've only had Chenin Blanc like six Dude. times in my life. Okay, so that's going to lie. That I think this is a perfect place to wrap up. One, I think what we've all kind of decided is wine is a scam insofar as like most things are scams yeah. that you pay money for. Fine dining, uh, the fine art world, uh, jewelry is another one, right? If it ultimately brings you joy and you're not doing anything inherently destructive, then like, you know, so be it. You do you. There are certainly some like, you know, problematic elements to it. There was that one natural wine brand that was like using slave labor. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Not naming and shaming, but they're from Southern Italy. And I think their dad or their uncle kind of Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't yeah. buy those anymore. But no, they're, they're, I know. But, but they're still on sale. So, anyways. But that said, what is some actual practical advice? And, and Nicole, I'm 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 curious to, to keep hearing about like what your advice is to like ordering wine or buying wine so people think you're cool and you get something you enjoy. Like, what do you do? Um. <laughs> so I read this book called Wine Folly for like all of like seven minutes, and I just skimmed it, and then I was like. Hmm, I like passion fruit, so I'm going to get a wine that uh, has passion fruit in it. Or, like, I don't like tart cherries, so I'm going to try to steer, like, away from tart cherry wine. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of just do a little bit of research. I just enjoy the research aspect of it a little bit. So before I go anywhere, I just kind of I just kind of go with the flow, and then I ask the server, like, hey, mm-hmm. does this taste like this? Hey, does this taste similar to this? And I don't yeah. know if that works. But, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, Please don't be afraid to, to seem stupid. But chances are the waiters might not know that much either. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They probably don't know either. So, I don't know. Just uh, go into it with a positive attitude and just enjoy your glass of wine regardless of what it is. I don't know. My don't. my advice is to have Daddy Warbucks' older brother who will feed you enough wine and you just oh. kind of inception enough wine names into your head that you go, like, you got a cab franc, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to drink. Uh, um, <laughs> but that said, my other advice, uh, lie. Be confident. Just fake it yeah. till you make it. Even if you want to seem confident in something, sure. look at something and be like, oh, my God, this this, this Pinot right here, uh, I read an article about it on Wine Spectator. This is the best Pinot that's ever lived. I'm going to drink that. <laughs> and then even if it tastes like crap, you just, you just go and grit your teeth and go, wow, this is incredible and I'm very smart. So that's my <laughs> advice is lie. 
Okay. And having been on the other side of the table for three illustrious weeks, <laughs> I, I guess I, I worked behind the counter selling selling wine to folks for for a year or two. But you know, I, I got really good advice uh, from a, a friend and mentor, uh, Brad Hickey, down in McLaren Vale, who was a Michelin star, maybe two Michelin star New York Psalm before he you know, just pissed off to Australia. Um, but he said, you know, people have these little devices in their pockets today where they can find any piece of information, you know, Correct. known to man. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, say you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, give it a quick Google. You know, I, I guess mm-hmm. my advice for for people in wine is try not to feel pressured to know everything. You know, there, there really is that Dunning-Kruger effect in wine where mm-hmm. you, you start to know a little bit and you think you know it all. And then, you know, you open a book, you Google something and you realize you don't, you don't know anything mm-hmm. and there's too much to know. Right. So just, you know, you don't have to fake it. If, if you want to fake it, fake it. But like, you know, ask some questions. Try not to be pressured by price. If you're after, you know, a $40 bottle of wine in a restaurant, don't be pressured into an $80 one. Mm-hmm. You know, get a little drunk. It'll be OK. Or just uh, carry a bunch of natural light peach hard seltzers in your purse because those are finer than any wine. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hi, right, Nicole and John. We've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions, Opinions Are Like Casseroles. John, I feel like you nailed what the that. Frick? John didn't join. John, I thought you were a no. fan. One more time, one more time. <laughs> it's time for a segment we call Opinions <laughs> Are Like Casseroles. Yeah. There it is. There yeah. it is. We're dialed in. Yeah. <laughs> I did a yeah, reference and someone's like, was that a Howard Dean reference? And I'm like, he ran a deceptively uh, good campaign. You say that right. every time. He ran a good campaign. You, you know nothing that about that. Times. Howard Dean would have won. Uh, all right, first up. Are politics first... a scam? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> all right, at Sweetie Peas, truffle is actually kind of icky. I think it should stay away. John, what say you? I don't know. Try it with Barolo. <laughs> you son of a biscuit. I literally, I was reading something yesterday, not even a, for this podcast, that was talking about how uh, Pete Wells, actually, of the New York Times, I believe, said that, you know, wine pairings in generality are a scam. And then someone was like, yeah, except for truffle and Barolo. And I was like, oh, of course, except for truffle and Barolo. Um, I don't, I've never had them together. I, I had a, talking about? I was at a, I was at a fancy restaurant. I was at Bestia with uh-huh, a celebrity fancy. chef who was an actual, cele- Ivan Orkin of Orkin Ramen uh-huh. and with Andy Wong from Food and Wine. Uh-huh. I and know both, those names, both of them. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and I had not started doing any of this. I was a very young food writer, like 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the you know chef knew who both both of them were. So he started just sending out dishes and wines. Good. And the psalm comes over and goes like, this is a very special 95 Barolo that we have been saving for someone 
extra special and I would love you to have it. But both Ivan and Andy, they, they, they're on like a whole eating tour of L.A., you know, throughout the day and they didn't want to drink any of it. And so they're like, you young 260 pound man with a barrel of a stomach drink this whole bottle of 20 year old wine. Wow. And I did. And I loved it. It was good. I, I don't remember Barolo. what it tastes like. You always say you like Barolo. Actually. Yeah, because I just lie. I don't know. <laughs> Barolo is a scam. <laughs> Barolo is tannic. It's bitter. Uh, they're not <laughs> tastes that humans naturally like, right? We, we like sweet and immediately gratifying. Uh, anyway. Uh, truffles are a scam. Truffles are kind of farty. They don't taste like anything without salt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's probably right. Truffles I like fake okay. truffle. I like give me the fake truffle slathered on a burger made with seventy thirty meat. Yeah, I don't really care for truffle. I think it's whack. Yeah. I mean, in small increments sometimes. Well, sometimes you're talking about how humans naturally gravitate towards you know like sweet, acidic, whatever. Like that's just evolutionarily what we're inclined to do. Um, wine is just uh, it's just rotten. It's just rotten. Yeah, it's, it's like fermented. grape juice. You know, gives you uh, nutrition and whatnot, and then you let it just rot, and it poisons your body, but makes you a little yeah, happy. Yeah, good. The whole thing is anti-evolutionary. Uh, okay. That said, every culture has been fermenting stuff to get you drunk. Every culture figured that out. Yeah. Well, most. Like, you know, I'm sure there's a handful of the ones that didn't, but, like, all across the world, we figured out that you let food rot, and it makes your brain feel all funny, and you start dancing better, or at least you start dancing and not caring as much. It takes the prefrontal cortex offline. Is that really what it is? I love that. Yeah. Listen to another podcast that said that. So it's got to be true because podcasts aren't scams. Nope. <laughs> X Dead Craft X says, if you serve mashed potatoes with skin on, I will leave and key your dad's car. Our dad's been dead for years. So good luck. Got him. <laughs> High five, Dead was, Dad Club. It was 10 years the other day. Oh, was it really? Yeah. yeah. July, July 3rd, well, happy 2011. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, tell us about mashed potatoes. Leave out the dad, the dad though. I think there was a Simpsons episode where uh, where Marge was scared she was getting replaced and like, you know, the, the imposter cooked Homer like red skin mashed potatoes with the skin on and Marge like, oh, let me take him out. And he was like, no. And he hoards him. What was the question? That. I don't watch Simpsons. I don't. Do you mess with skin on mashed potatoes? I can't remember the last time I made mashed potatoes. Me neither. They're the worst preparation of potato. I do not enjoy them. Are you kidding me? I will. I have never made mashed potatoes. I, I bought. Okay, this is what a real thing. <laughs> I just got. I just got back from from ten days out of town. I bought potatoes to make mashed potatoes, and I, I prepped them right. I peeled them. I had them sitting in ice water, wow. and then I never made them. And I came back, and they were just <gasps> rotting, soaked so potatoes because I didn't want them. I love mashed potatoes. I love a nice potato puree without skin, but sometimes I like a good rustic mashed potato with the skin. That on. Rachel Ray rustic. Yeah, the Rachel Ray rustic, rustic. things because she's trying trying to save prep time to get in under yeah. thirty minutes. I see but Rachel. You know- <laughs> I think it's delicious. I actually don't mind skin on. I actually like skin on fries too, but that's just me. Nah, I get the skin, skin on. Skin, skin contact mashed potatoes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly. The orange, orange potatoes. <laughs> Are they funky? All right, we got anonymous clown face. Sausage, diced tomatoes with chilies, cream cheese, shredded cheese, pasta, and spinach. Do you just paraphrased a BuzzFeed <laughs> this a tasty just, video that you watched. This is just uh, the grocery list. <laughs> this is just them. Uh, I mean, that sounds great. John, I don't know if you got all that. It's not that like Denver-style hot dog, basically. Yeah, or you know, with, yeah, with the cream cheese. Seattle and dog. Onions. Yeah, Seattle yeah, yeah, dog. Seattle dog. Yeah, this yeah. is Seattle dog pasta. And I'm into it. What's the question? That was it. Was they, no just, they just they just list opinion. that that happens a lot where they just list ingredients. And yeah, yeah, no, I, I make I make a lot of trash pasta out of the yeah. fridge, just depending on uh, whatever's there. That that's, that sounds like a good trash pasta. Was there any cheese? Uh, cream cheese. Oh shredded yeah, cheese. and then shredded cheese of indetermined uh, origin. <laughs> yeah, sure, sounds nice. Maybe add some it. some lemon zest, green chilies. That sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd uh I'd, I'd brawl it. I'd brawl it. I'd brawl it with the shredded cheese on top to get some of that crusty brawlage. <laughs> Okay. I'd, I'd try to like emulsify some sort of like 
oil with some starchy water. <laughs> All right, and then work the cream cheese mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of stretch out the cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's smart. That's smart. That's smart. I feel like I'm intruding. <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> I guess. Um, Om underscore Dab says soak two figs and three dates overnight. Reduce the soaking water in morning to a syrup and coat cereal. That's like halfway to an Indian bell puri. I've never had bell. <laughs> Oh, you yeah, mean right. Rice Krispies treat? Yeah, it's like it's like savory Rice Krispies with chutney. What? Oh, it's so good. It literally looks like corn. Can you order it? What? Can yeah, we can We can get I, the Yay. Samosa House Bell Puri. Yeah. So if, if it's anywhere, it's at Samosa Yay. House. That's what's up. All right, we got at Matthew 31415. That's Pi, Josh. What? 3.1415. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> a food joke. <laughs> God dang it. Their name's probably Pi. Stupid idiot, Josh. What? Tuna salad. Tuna salad and syrup. Pancake or maple. <laughs> you can use, John, you can use either pancake or maple syrup on your tuna. It's delicious. Whatever. Syrup's a scam. S- syrup is a scam. Wait, they just said Hold on. pancake or, but see, in my mind, pancake syrup and maple syrup are literally the same. There thing. are legal distinctions. That's why, that's why it's a scam. Ugh. There are legal distinctions what because you, you cannot call it maple syrup unless it has a certain percentage of actual, so maple syrup, right? You literally uh-huh. just stab a tree in the heart, then it <laughs> leaks out its juices, and then you boil down those juices yeah. to create maple syrup, and that's pure maple syrup. Um, however, all the like... You know, log cabin, Mrs. Butterworth, stuff like that. That is pancake mm. syrup that can't legally use the term maple. Log cabin is it maple syrup? They they may have a premium brand so that sad. that does it, but no, it's it's artificial maple extract with just corn syrup. Yummy. Do you remember we made that for an episode? Yeah, we did. It was like the Taco Bell waffle taco, mm-hmm. and I prefer pancake syrup to maple. I like maple. Give me the fake stuff on tuna. <laughs> hard pass. Yeah. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. We grew up eating. Do you remember salmon rissoles? Yeah, 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 yeah. What are salmon rissoles? They're, uh, they're they're salmon croquettes. Um, mm-hmm. that you would take. Uh, are they South African foods? They're they're Commonwealth sort of things. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like moving to Australia, and we had sort of like an end of term, uh, like barbecue sort of thing, and somebody brought out these. Just like they weren't salmon, maybe they were chicken rissoles. Oh, but they they were called rissoles, and I was like, oh my god, Dad wasn't just you know rambling and making <laughs> stuff up. It was it was our Commonwealth born mother. <laughs> um, but no, they they had them, and they just put them on on a base like you know flat top plancha sort of thing, and mm. and cooked them up. But we used to have canned salmon, right? Like they make canned tuna, sure. canned whatever, mixed with egg and breadcrumbs and. Breadcrumbs on the outside, and then just kind of shallow fried, and it's it's like a crab cake, but salmon. Put it's delight, and then sometimes there? there's some 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 bones still in the canned salmon, uh-huh, and you get a little okay. crunchies. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. You little. put maple syrup on it? No, but we would dip it in fancy sauce, in special sauce, which is an equal parts ketchup and mayonnaise. So I'm thinking like the sweet, the fish. This could work. Not really. This the, could work. These days, what you would just put, you know, some sriracha and and pancake syrup in it, and call it gourmet. Yeah. Mm. I'd pay 16 bucks for that. I can't. You get three of them for a table of four people and you go, ah, <laughs> just tell me. What if it was Koopy Mayo? No, there's no justification for putting maple syrup or pancake syrup on tuna salad. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. B-Leak says meatloaf should be cooked with ketchup on top. I never had meatloaf growing up, so sure. Yeah, sure. There's plenty of sugar in it. It gets all glazy and delicious, you know. That's like saying cheesesteak should have cheese on them. I've only had meatloaf once. <laughs> the point of meatloaf is the ketchup. The little leathery okay. <laughs> ketchup glaze on the outside, that's the point of meatloaf. It's like saying a sandwich should have bread. It's like saying uh, orange wine should have a determined funk. It's a giant coup de for white people. <laughs> no, I figured. Does that translate? Does yes, that, thank does that you, make sense? Yes, Is yes. meatloaf coup de Is coup de cake? <laughs> is wine soup? Is wine tea? Wine Find is- out next time <laughs> on a hot dog is a sandwich.
Ow, I have a, I have a headache that hurt. That hurt me. John, where can the people find you? What do you got going on? You got any like home reno plans you want to talk about? <laughs> no, nope. in the bathroom. We we finished those up uh, last year. Oh, yeah, um, uh, I have a cute dog in there that's enjoying the the renovations. I have an Instagram page that nobody really cares about. It's kind of things I I cook and drink. I'm I'm at Couchwine. That's at uh, Couchwine. Couchwine. I, I do have a day job. I, I probably need to get back to. Uh, I was only given oh. the, the time off because my manager okay. made me promise to plug uh, uh, Central Pennsylvania wine regions as up and coming. Um, <laughs> nice, okay. So they, they might be. Cool. We're, we're about to spike the wine industry in what, Harrisburg and Lancaster County. Yeah, Amish people are there. Give wine to the Amish. That's John's official plug. No, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, you know, thank I listen you. to this every week and, and it's exciting and, and terrifying to be on here. I hope this never airs. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on the Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or nhandizada with the hashtag opinion casserole. For more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up at Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. We'll see you next time. Hit up at Couchwine. I think you and John talk on Instagram more than Sometimes. I do. Yeah, that's nice.